What are you doing your thesis on again? Uh, well, my focus is actually on European midsummer mm -hmm. traditions, which is basically the impetus for this whole trip that we're all on. <laughs> that sounds so much what you think you're doing, right? For your thesis. Well, I don't know exactly what I'm doing it on yet, as you know, but I'm thinking of rooting it in something Scandinavian, yeah. See that, Pele? You've managed to brainwash all of your friends. <laughs> Josh was already brainwashed when I found him. Hello, club members. Welcome back to the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. My name is Chris, and I recently got a lamp made out of old James Harriet novels. Great. Okay. It, was, I, it, was, it arrived at my apartment in a mysterious box. Chris, did think, you buy this? No, I think my uncle made it, and then he just mailed it to me. Oh, okay. That's cool. I was about, you're about to get a pretty big scolding on your financial situation. I know. I have no money, people. If I spent money on like a I legit thought you James bought Harriet a Harriet lamp. lamp. I was about to scold you so hard. Anyway. But all creatures great and small. I've actually never read it. I know that that's like a big no-no for vets. It's okay. Me neither. Okay, great. Well, you can read it when you turn your light on in the morning. Excellent. Yes. Well, hey, guys. I'm Kate. And... Um, I still don't understand string theory. What? I don't get it. Where have you been? I've I've tried. Like, I don't consider myself a super dumb person, but I can't. Oh, God. That's <laughs> your benchmark? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, if you don't get string theory, fucking idiot. Fucking moron. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, right, okay, wait, where where is the heart? Okay. There's no shame in Brain not understanding lobes, string theory. String Although I did theory. expect better from you. I know. I do too. I'm, I've am literally never said that out loud. Oh my God. I know. Here it is, people. Live yeah. and in person. Me at my most vulnerable. <laughs> no follow-up questions. <laughs> do you understand anyway. strings? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Enough. Well, fortunately, we're not going to be talking about um, string theory here, whatever oh, that it happens to be about, because I still yourself. don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> this movie's um, about string theory. It's about string. Th well, no wonder it made no sense to me. <laughs> that makes actually the most sense. Well, if this yeah, is your so what first is this movie, this, if this is your first, well, I'm going to introduce the club first, obviously. Oh, who are if we? If this is your first time listening, um, like Chris said, we're the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. We do this every couple of weeks. We watch a movie that one of you guys recommend, and then we either celebrate it for an hour and a half, or we just rip it to shreds. Yeah, and, you know, and I'm we just watch kidding, movies, kind of. and sometimes they're horror movies, and sometimes they're pornos from the '80s that. Portrayed that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> that happened one time. Oh my god, it really happened though. It, it really. <laughs> and um, I'm really excited to introduce what our next movie is going to be. It's not a porno, porno, but it's equally horrifying. So stay tuned. Okay. But no, th okay. this week we did a listener suggestion. It was Sarah Marsh who suggested it on mm -hmm. Instagram, and she emailed me. Um, so yeah, thanks for the nightmare, Sarah. <laughs> yeah so this this week it's actually my fault because at, from sarah's suggestions i picked this one mostly just because the internet has been tantalizing me with this movie for a long time and i figured might as well just rip the band-aid off i figured kate was going to make me watch it at some point so why the hell not what i was avoiding it so hard 
Oh, well. I was hoping you hadn't heard me. of this movie. <laughs> well, I knew you would like look at it and be like, what's this lovely movie about florists? Florist? <laughs> this, it seems cute. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so we watched um, Midsommar or, or Midsummer because... Yeah. I, Honestly, the pretentious energy that it would take for me to say Midsommar for the rest the of the episode whole time. would literally exhaust me. So I'm I not thought you were it. going to. I'm not going to lie. No, I fucking hate that. Okay. God damn Great. it. But it is spelled Midsommar. Midsommar. Um, yeah, but it's it's Midsummer. You can say either or. Ari Aster himself said so. So. And, and, and he just does whatever the so. fuck he wants. He does. He certainly does. But if you guys haven't seen it, it's about... To give you the briefest synopsis of this two and a half hour movie, it's about this college age group of friends that travel with their friend who's like a Swedish study abroad student. They go back to his home country for this summer solstice festival. However, <laughs> the flower filled family fun that they were promised t- takes a very left turn. That's one way of putting it. I feel like that kind of summarizes it. Yeah, yeah, it takes a Without left spoilers. turn. It takes a left turn. <laughs> Literally, the whole movie is like. In that single phrase. <laughs> yep. It's just one big left turn. And that mm-hmm. that is the least spoilery synopsis I can give you because the rest of this episode is going to be just absolutely filled with spoilers. We're going to be talking about every gritty detail of this movie. Of which there are far too many. So let's get into it. We'll be talking about half of the gritty details. <laughs> let's be but honest. Yeah. yeah. There we are, do there not are no, have time to unpack this Absolutely not. <laughs> no, the suitcase is going to be half-packed. But oh we are going to spoil a lot of it. So if this is a movie that you guys wanted to watch before you talked about it, God be with you. But go ahead and watch it and then come back. Um, if you guys don't really care about spoilers, please stay tuned. We're going to be talking about dance competitions, flesh masks, Swedes. Competition. So stick around. Cultish behavior. Mm-hmm. Actual midsummer um, traditions, which this movie, if nothing else, is well researched. If And then, you know, it perverts its research. But that's fine. Yeah. I mean, if it, if they literally just did regular Midsummer, it'd be really, really It'd be boring. really sweet and delightful. Oh, it would they're be dancing. A much more palatable movie <laughs> what we endured. So, yeah, let's, let's dig right in. So, speaking of palatability, this film has a super soft genre that it's been formally classified on, on Wikipedia. So, yeah. I always pick a genre, right? But sometimes you're, you're outsourcing it to Wikipedia. Well, sometimes they put them on there anyway. Usually it's like the genre is just horror. And I'm like, yeah, I can I can make something better. But mm-hmm. this one, it's formally classified on Wikipedia, at least, as folk horror, which um, oh, sure. mm-hmm. is a gentler subset than I would probably pick. Yeah, what would you have said? All right. Well, I thought pretty hard about this. Flower there's, horror. There's, there's a lot to pick from this. Break very close, horror. Chris. Very close, Chris. So I picked something bear equally horror. hard to say as I did almost do bear horror. No, <laughs> but I picked something equally hard to say as last week's Sorora horror. God damn it. This it's week is, horror. It's Flora horror. Flora horror. I love it. <laughs> it's so accurate. It is. Flora it kind of horror. works. If you can call it folk horror, you can call it Flora horror. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, so basically, Midsummer. Midsummer um, you almost did it. I almost did. <laughs> <laughs> My instincts are against me. Midsummer, again, to sort of just um, abbreviate what it is, it's essentially The Wicker Man, but Ari Aster is directing it. I haven't seen The Wicker Man. Neither have I, but from what I can tell from reading synopses of that movie, it's it's the same thing. It's okay, like a, yeah. It's, it's like a cult. That's fair. They're folky. 
They're in the middle of nowhere. They build a giant wicker man and they, they burn don't people build alive a wicker in it. man. Uh, okay. It is <laughs> very close to the wicker man the more you describe it. <laughs> it's shockingly similar, actually. <laughs> So this movie came out last summer. A lot of you guys might have already gone to see it. It was in theaters. It came out July 2019. Um, interestingly, it came out a week earlier in the U.S. than it did in Sweden. I feel like they were like, let's see how insulting this let's is. Let's see how be. this goes. <laughs> let's, hmm. let's insult the American Swedes before we give it yeah. to the real one. Let's play this by ear. Oh, so, God. As we've already mentioned, it's directed and written by a guy that we've already talked about in an earlier episode, Ari mm-hmm. Aster. He did yeah. Hereditary. Yeah. And in and in many ways, and to his own admission, this is essentially a partner movie to Hereditary. Um, if you watch closely, there's a lot of very similar themes. There's a very similar storytelling method that he uses. Um, they're not, they're definitely not like the same movie, but no. they're very they're similar movies. in a lot of ways. I think it's going to help us a little bit whenever we get to the scoreboard at the end, because I feel like I can compare them. Like it's not quite apples to apples, but 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 they are very similar. Yes, and they like, are. He has a very particular um, way of making movies, and he has a, he has a very particular style that is a little unique to him. I would argue, yeah. unique. All I can say is I really hope he's getting the help he so clearly needs. He so clearly needs it. Thinking about you, Mr. Astor. Our prayers are with you. Our prayers are with you. So this cast, um, I recognize a couple of them. I actually didn't recognize Florence Pugh, who's, oh my God, amazing. She's the main character in this movie. I only Um, recognized Mark. Mark? Which one's Mark? He's the fool. And I don't know what I I recognize him from. Some comedy, I'm sure. Is it Will Poulter? Is that who you're talking about? I don't know. I don't know their names. I don't know names. I know. I know the actors' names. So all of this, most of this cast is actually from the UK, which is interesting, except for Mm -hmm. William Jackson Harper, who is Cheetah Anagonier from The Good Place, which you still haven't seen, Chris. I'll get to it. Which I've told you to see. (laughs) It's a. If you want to pick a show that's great to watch right after this movie, that's a great show. Because this movie is the bad place. Nobody get. It is the bad place. Nobody gets lit up in a bear suit in the good place. I, honestly, they probably would, but it'd be really funny. Yeah, they'd play it off a little different. It'd, be, it'd, it'd have a different tone. So mm-hmm. we have William Jackson Harper. We have Florence Pugh, who is fantastic. We have Will Poulter, mm-hmm. who is the real life Sid from Toy Story. He literally looks exactly like him. Yeah, that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's also in The Revenant and um, Black Mirror's Bandersnatch. Okay. And uh, so I always like to do return on investment budget. So I feel like this movie costs a lot. I'm going to guess. It, I, this movie had to Please have cost guess. a lot. Guess. Give me a number. Give, can, you, can I have a range? Yeah. So the last movie we did was the, or the last movie that actually had a budget because Black Christmas <laughs> does not count was The Thing. And that was in 1982. And that cost $15 million. God, this has to... The, $50 million? $10 million. Oh, wow. I really over... I, really I have no idea that. how. I mean, I guess it's like primarily a field, but like there's a lot. There's a lot to this movie. There, I, 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 re- I was yeah. shocked. I was shocked, but it's 10 million. All right. And it came... And the thing was in 1982 when it cost 15. I, so how much did they make? I imagine they made a lot. A lot. They made 42.3 million. Oh, like Closer it's not as I much as like was. a slap. Exactly. It's not as much as like, I don't know. 
whatever. How did it compare to Hereditary? Because we have no choice but to compare them. Oh, okay. Hereditary made way more. The, they have the exact same budget. They were both ten million. I guess that was Ari Aster's like allowance or something. That's his, yeah. <laughs> so huh. they they were both ten million. This one made forty two point three. Hereditary made seventy nine point three. I find that really surprising. I'm just really surprised by it too. Because like this movie went in with Hereditary in its heels. People expected. Yeah, people know A twenty four, which is like his production company now. Yeah, like I thought, like he made a name for himself with Hereditary, so I would have thought this movie would have done better. Um, hmm. Um, I will say I wasn't. Whenever I watched the trailers, like I remember, I remember seeing the trailer for Hereditary when I went to go see A Quiet Place, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, I gotta see that movie." And they yeah, played things relate. much, much closer to the chest for this movie because they really can't divulge all of it, and so whenever they can't give you like the juicy bits, it's really just. A bunch of flowers <laughs> and so right. i was like i guess that seems fun but i didn't really want to go see it but it's you know it was the whole only horror movie out so i went to go see it see and i i don't know i so the the advertising for this movie was really different because the movie is very different it's very bright it's like there's no like dark scary like scenes like hereditary has like everything's oh, during the daytime everything's floral as we've alluded like and so everyone's smiling. Right. And so the advertising was was very representative of that. You see her in the flower crowns. They're like doing the thing. And like I would have thought people would have like been intrigued by that. Like I was intrigued for God's sakes. And I don't I don't like that's, movies. That that's means why I'm a here. lot. Folks. So like I was intrigued. I was like, mm, this looks different. So I, I would have thought this movie would have done better. I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. Hmm. I think it. I'll get into it, but I think I definitely think it deserves better. Just be, not even based on my opinion, but just based on like the ROIs that I've been looking at for other movies in the past. Mm-hmm. Like Prom Night did better, like return on investment wise, pretty much than this movie. That's bleak. That sucks. That's bleak. We're sorry, Ari. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. So we'll talk. Uh, we're going to go blow by blow through the movie as much as possible. But first, I want to talk about um, Ari Aster's personal life, obviously. Because that's what this movie's about. Let's be real honest. In a way. And I hope that he was being a little bit... I hope that this wasn't what his relationship was like. I don't know. I just worry for whoever his ex is. I worry for him. I worry for everybody. I'm, I'm worried saying, about you, Ari Aster. Was his, was his ex <laughs> burned alive in a bear suit? I don't know. It's not on the internet, at least. I, so oh, I Googled well. this guy. So Ari Aster, is, everyone knows his name. I Googled him. He's the most normal, well-adjusted looking guy you'd ever see. He, oh, my God. He looks so fucking normal. So I was shocked. Normal. He's in... I posted a photo of him. I'm so fucking creepy. I posted a photo of him on our Instagram, like, directing Florence Pugh. It's not just, like, him outside of his, like, house mm-hmm. having tea. Like, it's on the set. Yeah, with his, but like, golden retrievers or he whatever. Looks, <laughs> yes. He's so young. He's only 33. And he's he's so brilliant but originally so this movie was pitched as a very straightforward slasher at least that's what the internet says i don't believe that yeah i find that hard to believe i find that extremely hard to believe but anyway it was just centered around this swedish cult and it didn't have the relationship component which is we'll get to it but super super important i mean that's the entire movie yeah it anchors the movie but originally it wasn't it didn't have that element at all Hmm. which is also surprising because hereditary was so much about relationships very much so. And that's and that's one of the ways in which this movie is extremely similar to Hereditary. Like his thematic value is very similar. Yes. 
I, I would argue. But then he went through a really bad breakup, which you can only assume meant like a catastrophic breakup. So he made the anchor he made of this, this movie. movie about it. Yes, this rotten relationship to, between Danny and Christian. That's what their names are. Mm-hmm. Which like we'll get there, but Christian sucks. Yeah. Well, and after the fact, I mean, Ari has admitted in multiple interviews, um, not in full documentaries because they haven't done that yet, but they've done like behind the scenes, you know, things Mm -hmm. about this movie. And he's openly admitted multiple times that this is a breakup movie first and foremost. Like more than anything else, this movie is about a relationship that falls apart and terminates in what can only be described as the worst possible. Yeah, that's as bad as it can get. (laughs) I would hope so. I would really hope so. And it's also... I, I also see it as like not just about their relationship. It's about Danny's relationships just in general, like with her family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I'll get there whenever I get there. But I think that her the beginning of this movie ties in very, very neatly with the end of the movie. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But before I talk about the beginning of the movie, I want to talk about actual Midsummer, if that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So I actually didn't know much about it because I'm from Mississippi. And, and you don't not, understand string and theory, for Sweden. God's I sakes. don't understand string theory. So I'm a certifiable idiot. So obviously I don't understand Midsummer. But I did some reading. Welcome to it. the club, everyone. Kate, <laughs> she is our village idiot <laughs> and co-president. And co-president. You're in good hands. Yes. Fear not, good people. But I know a little <laughs> bit more now. I know a little bit more. Excellent. There's... It's very nebulous, though, and it's incredibly different based on where you are. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Super, super. Like, if you Google Midsummer and you, like, you pull up very, any, like, website about it, it's like, do you mean in Sweden, in Spain, in Ohio, in <laughs> Antarctica? It's like, literally, like, every single culture is different, but there is unifying things that I'm going to get into. So, we know it takes place somewhere between June 19th and June 25th. It's the summer solstice. Mm-hmm. Uh, exact dates vary by culture. And mm-hmm. it goes way, 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 way back. Like summer solstice goes way back to the Stone Age, like pre-Stone Age. Sure. And there are a bunch of different traditions for it. But in Sweden, which is obviously where this movie is set, it is all about dancing around a maypole, um, lots of greenery to bring good fortune and health. It's actually a national holiday. So it's like our 4th of July, like businesses close, people take off work. Like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, people uh, still celebrate it to this day. Um, not yes. quite in the way that the movie portrays, but thank God. Um, but a lot of the a lot of the traditions that they display in the movie are actual traditions that do exist in various Scandinavian variations of of Midsummer. So, like the Maypole, for example, mm-hmm. is a very classic um, emblem of Midsummer. The the dancing around it, and even that circular choreography that they use in the movie, that's very real. Um, and even we'll get there, but there are some um, Nordic myths about um, ritualistic suicide when you grow too old. Yeah, we'll hold that. I was well, going to talk about that now, but we should wait. Yeah. Okay, we should wait. <laughs> One thing I will bring up is there is like I, I will say most of the thankfully most of the traditions that are depicted in this movie are fictional. They are not history. They are folklore. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. thank god but there is one that i thought was interesting which i didn't expect to be reading about like i kind of expect to be reading about like the cinicide cliffs and stuff like that mm-hmm. but the the young girl with the hiding just like teaser hiding pubic hair in the soup 
yeah, and yeah. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that part. Mm-hmm. So there is a tradition myth kind of thing that people do. And it's if a girl picks seven different flowers on midsummer night and places them beneath her pillow, not in the guy's soup, she will dream of her husband. Mm. It's, well, that's it's a preferable tradition to what we innocent. see. <laughs> it's a little bit cuter. But there, it oh, does God. tie, like you can kind of interpret. No, they straight up show a girl, like a painting of a girl. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. They, it's, it's not subtle. I was going to say like some of the paintings because there's a lot of paintings of traditions and folklore in the movie and you could parallel those to actual traditions, but never mind. I forgot about that painting. <laughs> it's it's fiction. Don't worry. Don't You can sleep a little bit sounder yeah. at night knowing that it's fiction. Yeah. Some of the, the, the general imagery and some of the practices are based in real life and, and Ari Aster evidently did quite a lot of research into Midsummer Traditions. Um, developing this but then he made sure that the traditions all had a darker more sinister twist that fit with his his whole cult thing that he was doing yeah well done is it Ari <laughs> or Ari because I feel like we're saying both I, I don't fucking I don't know oh god I don't care he makes l- more money than I do he, he can call him whatever he wants <laughs> yeah he, he's doing just fine for himself good for you good for you Ari Ari <laughs> I have so, to know how it did critically though yeah so I wonder if I don't know I, the reception. The critical reception doesn't explain the the bad um, return on investment that it did. So basically, the I mean, let's be honest. The vast majority of reviews are quite positive for this movie. Um, IMDb oh. is an outlier. They think they gave it a guess six seven point two. So like that's so boring. It's like, just a bland <laughs> vanilla wafer movie so to them. Rotten Tomato score. Critics actually liked it more than audiences did, which 83. Is a, yeah, 83 from critics. Is it actually? Yeah, no, yeah. Shut was up. That a guess? Oh my God. Yes, that was a guess. Oh my God. Amazing. That had to be like, like subliminal. Uh, like you Google so the movie happy. and it showed I didn't. Up. I swear I didn't. Oh my God. I'm really proud. Uh, but audiences only give it 63%. So that makes sense to me. Yeah, so there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I, this is a very. Um, heady uh, movie and I can I can understand yes. why critics would yeah like it more I'm honestly surprised that critics didn't like it more and viewers didn't like it less um, yeah I, I, I would have expected like horror critics to like literally ejaculate during the film <laughs> multiple times oh such art god damn it yes <laughs> um, Metascore um, gives it a 72 which is pretty right good right in the middle all of the um, horror movies that we've done um, they get lots of really, really positive reviews from different um, magazines and newspapers. M- the ma- vast majority of people don't really have anything particularly negative to say. The biggest critiques that people give it are that it's essentially um, The Wicker Man Part 2. <laughs> I wish I had seen The Wicker Man now. All I know is what you've just told me and, and what maybe, I've seen. M- maybe we'll have to do it as a follow-up. But from what I hear, we we already <laughs> did watch it. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, the New Yorker is sort of a standout. They did not like this movie. Um, they are so polar, though. Yeah, The New Yorker, they, they're they impossible to predict. They but have they opinions. Say, yeah, they say, quote, it's built on such a void of insight and experience, such a what? void of character and relationships, that even what? the first level of the house of narrative cards can't stand. Well, that's just stupid. Like, I mean, I'm that- sorry. Whatever you want to say about this movie, you don't have to like it, but void of relationships i mean that's all this movie's about that's right? the whole movie <laughs> that's the whole goddamn movie they couldn't look pack the pubic hair soup they couldn't yeah that's that, all they saw that was too much for them 
But what I thought was more interesting was reading um, actual reviews from Sweden because I really wanted to know how Sweden reacted to this to this movie and how because like I mean this is still a very popular holiday in Sweden and they still do a lot of midsummer activities and I was wondering if they would not like this movie because it essentially demonizes their holiday I'm gonna guess they liked it no they did what Uh, you're kidding me the vast majority of people the vast majority of Swedish reviewers sort of brush this movie off as a laughable excuse for like trying to be scary about their culture. Like it's they didn't, not about they didn't cul- rip it apart, but they didn't like, you know, like they weren't impressed by it either. So like some one reviewer um, calls it comically rural, um, meaning that like, you know, this idea of traditional paintings and log cabins and Swedish traditions is so wildly outdated from actual Swedish like midsummer that like it's like not even relevant, which is I guess mm. fair because I don't think you it's would, fair you at would, all. I mean, it's it's fair to want to distance yourself from this movie, <laughs> right? But like, I think it distances itself with how ridiculous and over the top it is. Like, I didn't have to Google midsummer to know that this isn't what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm right, sorry. Right. Continue with what the Swedes think. I'm curious. Well, because a lot of, so um, quite a few um, Swedish rev- reviewers and people like that started getting questions from American media. And American media is exactly not like what you just said, Kate. Like they asked the dumb questions. Like, oh, like, do you all take mushrooms? Like, quote, is it common for old people to commit ru- ritual suicide on midsummer? Well, uh, that's quote, are you still offering up the village's virgins to strangers to dilute the <gasps> gene bank? Um, quote, These aren't real. are you still writing with magic runes? All right. Well, this is why people hate America. Correct, Kate. Oh, my God. So, I, I may not understand string theory, but I guess there are people stupider than me. <laughs> I, I hear that they exist. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. So basically, I mean, a lot of people did start to question actual Swedish traditions based on this. And I'm, I assume they're the minority, though. Like, I would hope. I but mean, in, in general, all the Swedish reviewers were kind of like wildly unimpressed with this movie. And they sort of just brush it off as like a thing that happened. That's annoying to me. And like that, and this doesn't even mean, like, I'm not saying one way or another if I liked or didn't like this movie because I'm going to save that. But mm-hmm. genuinely, my, what I'm saying right now has nothing to do on my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's fair to Ari Aster at all because he wasn't, he has been, it is so clearly a fictionalization. Like, I can't. And whenever I we have so all. All of Norway, whenever we had like 800 troll movies coming out, whenever that was happening like eight years ago, Norway was like, they were into it. They were doing it. They started getting involved. Like, yeah, we hunt trolls and like trolls are going to come eat our children. Like, because they like, it's obviously not true. Right. And it's like, it's like fun. And like their culture is getting included in horror movies. Like it's not the same white families moving into a house every time. Right. But I mean, I think if we've learned anything from the way that American journalism responded to this movie with all the questions that they asked Swedish journalists, it shows that they were right to be afraid that Americans would start thinking that they actually do this shit. Yeah, but how is it going to actually affect them? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, you know, you know, 
I can I can see the perspective of being like wanting to just brush this movie off and and just do everything they can to not affiliate themselves with it because Americans are stupid and think that people are out there killing virgins. I have to believe that it's just like three people who like emailed Sweden and was like, hey, you know, you doing this? I don't know, Kate. I, I'm going to have to, I have to hold on to that. For your sanity. <laughs> yes, I have to hold on to I don't know. I've seen, oh, I've seen Americans do dumber things in the public eye. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Well, that was uh, honestly my favorite critical reception that you've done. That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, this movie is, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you, though. I think this movie deserved better just on a, I expected it to do better kind of level. Yeah. Like, I just like really it, don't it understand so why this movie didn't do well. Like, was the advertising just not? I think it, I think a lot of it had to do with that. Well, should I know? Should I dive into my opinion or should I hold it in? I'm going to hold, hold it in. in. I'm going to hold it in as long as I can. But I do think we should dive into this movie and start to go Quickly, through yes. what goes on because there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot of little details. There's a lot of meat to on pick this up bone. on. Yes. As, as you favorite. like to say. <laughs> so and, let's and, do the Cliff Notes version, though, because this movie is two and a half hours long. Yeah. So basically, the movie is fundamentally and intrinsically about the relationship of Danny and Christian. Danny is and Danny and her family. Yes. So Danny is a psychology student who is somewhat unstable, um, but you sort of get the impression that it's understandable. Her family seems to have quite a bit of internal conflict, and Christian's the worst boyfriend that's ever existed. Oh, he sucks. And Christian is a really lazy, half-assed anthropology student who is friends with other anthropology students who are planning to go to Sweden, you know? It's like exactly what you imagined, that pretentious group of Mm -hmm. students. It really is. Anthropology. I'm just, there, I said it. The the typical pretentious group of anthropology students. Yeah, called you out. We did it. Called you out. (laughs) But so the movie starts out really, really quick. We understand immediately that Danny and Christian are in a rocky part of their relationship Things aren't going well. Danny feels like she's pushing him away by being, quote unquote, needy or crazy or whatever. And Christian agrees. <laughs> he he yes. thinks that she's needy and crazy. And all of his friends also are agree. horrible. They're horrible. They're but so fear horrible not, to her. Before Christian is able to dump her like all of his friends say that he should. How dare they? So, the the bomb drops right so basically the movie opens with danny dealing with this problem with about her sister making essentially threats of committing suicide right she's just sending really really scary messages yeah scary messages and you can pick up on it really fast what's going to happen because the sister writes a note saying like i'm taking mom and dad with me too blah 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 you know you won't hear from me again kind of thing it's horrible so you know that she's going to kill their parents right so this is, uh, we'll, we'll get into this a lot more later, but I think one of the things that people either love or don't love about this movie, just from reading the reviews that I read, people either loved how close to the chest they, this movie kept their cards, and then other people were the exact opposite, saying that this movie had almost comically present foreshadowing. And um. I'm kind of in the latter camp, not in the sense that I think it's comical, but I do think that this movie lays out the plot well in advance for pretty much every major plot ter- like point. I think it 
tells you what's going to happen ahead of time. Just like, you know, I think there's a lot of imagery and foreshadowing that tells you what's going to happen before it happens. I don't quite agree, but I, I think there's an appreciable amount of foreshadowing, but I mm-hmm. like it. I, I think it's good. I, I think I don't, it's well done. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. Like, I think the foreshadowing is well placed. I think it was artistically done, but I do think it's very. Perfect. I think you. I think you pick it up at the point in the movie where it's okay to pick it up. I don't like. I definitely didn't watch this scene and know everything that was going to happen in this movie. No, for sure. But like it, like you pick it up as the movie's happening, which I think is his Ra's intent. Well, and it's almost creepier. To me, it was so... I, I feel like I picked up on a lot of the, the foreshadowing. It's so like none of the particular events of the movie surprised me. Oh, my God. Like, what? really nothing surprised me in this movie. Like, I knew that I things were going to happen. You. No, I, I don't believe I just, you. There's I, too many things. No, I don't believe you. I'm sorry. No, I, I genuinely don't remember being surprised by anything happening on screen. But I feel like because... So I, because I felt like it was going to happen made it worse. Like, to like... like I'd be like, oh, I think this is going to happen. And then you just watch the lead up and then it happens. It's like predicting a car is going to crash and then you watch it crash. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Did I do that? <laughs> like, But for two and a half hours. Right, for two and a half hours. But we should tell them what happens in this scene because there are people who haven't listened, who right. haven't watched it. So It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, so Christian's literally about to break up with her and she calls him sobbing. And then we see this horrifying like, scene. Like, no, not, not even so, like, like, wailing. Like, wailing. Yeah, wailing. Like, almost, like, biblical level, like, gnashing of yes. teeth. Like, yes. And rightfully so, because then we get this really horrible and slowly drawn out reveal of the sister's incredibly elaborate murder-suicide, where she siphoned carbon monoxide from, like, multiple running cars in the garage up to the second floor of the house where she was wearing, like she taped the tube of carbon monoxide to her own face. And like then t- from the, from the pipe to a tube to her face. Right. And then the other pipe goes to the um, crack beneath her parents' doors. And then all the creases are um, duct taped so that they died in their sleep. And she died while inhaling carbon monoxide, which I can't imagine how it would be to die like that like to just be inhaling heavy poisonous gas and just like slowly suffocate from your breathing so like there's no shortage of horrifying material and imagery in this movie like there's a lot yeah but this was the absolute worst for me i agree actually and it was very upfront like it, this was the first thing it was that the happened, first and I three think it minutes was probably one of the worst things that we saw in the whole movie it was awful. Like, so family is like extremely important to me. Obviously, it is to a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. truly, my like my Harry Potter Bogart would be like just something happening to my little sister. And mm-hmm. so the like the thought of this is almost too much to think about. And then having to sit and I watched this in theaters, and I just had to sit there and be like, oh, that's what I'm watching. Because again, the trailer shows you flowers. Right, and then this is the first thing they actually give you. And I'm like, all right, buckle up. This is gonna hurt. Like, this sucks. It, it, it was it does it a great tough. job of laying the stage like oh did you think this movie was going to be all like dancing around a maypole oh you're no. going to be uncomfortable <laughs> like yeah. that's not what this movie is but it's also not your typical slasher blood and gore horror film either like no. all of the horror is very much in this vein it's watching something terrible happening 
and you sort of resonate with the characters in this in that feeling that like there's nothing you can do to stop it like you just have to keep watching yep the thing happen because you paid $15 for a movie right, ticket exactly. and realizing what you got into. <laughs> it's sort of like a sense of like helplessness and awe and just general unease. And it's like it's unease. like that pit in your stomach kind of feeling opposed to like screaming in the theater. No, it's a pit in, it's a pit in your stomach because there's no it's not shocks. There's no like shock horror to this no, movie. Yeah. I mean, there's like <laughs> stuff. I'm, yeah. But, like, <laughs> but it's not like jump scary. It's just like this, like you said, constant pit of horribleness sitting in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've made it three minutes into the movie. So let's just jump right ahead. So he doesn't dump her because her family's dead. What yeah, so hero. now he feels obligated to stay together. And how do poorly. you fix a relationship after her family dies in a horrible, horrible way? You leave her to go to Sweden. Yeah, that's with what your I friends. Do. <laughs> oh my God. Well, he tries to. So they have this like study abroad student named Pele or whatever his name is, and he's gonna go back to his like small home in Sweden in his town in Sweden and mm-hmm. he's going to bring these people with him to go attend this big midsummer celebration it's this big deal because they're all pretentious and, um, anthropology students because they're so pretentious and <laughs> the one from a good place is like oh I'm going to do my thesis on this because if we know one thing about anthropology students they're only talking about their thesis it's true it's so true <laughs> we're going to have like eight anthropology students right and be like, like how hey, fuck dare you, you? <laughs> we're calling you out <laughs> <laughs> That's that. This is a hill I'll die on. True. And they're all. They've all decided they're going to go to this celebration and not bring Danny. Like literally, Christian, her boyfriend, has not even told her about it. And because then, he had expected to be broken up with her by the time it was relevant. He's like, "Oh shit, I forgot. I didn't break up with you." And so <laughs> they, she finds out about it. Is understandably upset. Long story short, he's like, "Fine, I guess you can come." She is like, so reasonably upset with him the entire time and she at no point in this movie overreacts about what he's doing um can, can we just like acknowledge that like i mean there she makes some pretty big choices at the end sure <laughs> <laughs> but i just but i think that i think i know what your opinion about that is i can see that very clearly <laughs> like he deserved it no i just i just think that like in general throughout this movie he does a shitty thing and then she responds in a very normal level-headed like what the fuck kind of way honestly better than he deserves absolutely that's my point though like like she responds too well like she finds out oh you're just gonna go to sweden and, and like we all know it's because you were gonna break up with me but then my family yeah, died and you're only know. here with me because of guilt and she's like but then it's just like that's like, all hey, she it's has okay like if you want to go like she's so that's nice fine and she's he's like, no, nah, obviously you have to come with me because your parents are dead and like, whatever, it's my fault. Fuck me, right? And and we're all like, fuck you. Yeah, person. he's like, angry at her for this somehow. God, I know. I hate he him turns so much. Around. I hate him so much, but he, you know, yeah. we know where he, we know where, what happens to him. So they all fly to Sweden and they arrive at this small, like t- tiny little town, not even town, like a commune. They arrived at this commune. And which is truly in the middle of nowhere, which is like the, the first sign that nowhere. it's not great, right? Yes. And it's like them, these like four American people and their like Swedish um, native friend who brought them. It's And then there's these two English, like from England. Yeah, who were brought well, by Pele's brother. Yes. And immediately they all decide that they're going to take mushrooms. Oh my God. The, the amount of drug abuse in this movie is overwhelming, which fits with our whole cult theme. And it, it fits with the whole like, 
we'll get to it, but she essentially develops a form of severe Stockholm syndrome, right? And, uh, kind of, yeah. And it, and it we'll, all we'll get there. It, it, yeah, but like the drugs play a lot into this movie, and there's quite a few points in this movie where you're not sure, like, how much of this is like just one big trip. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So they all decide to take mushrooms, and Danny gets hardcore peer pressured into taking them, which is ex- like supremely uncool because she is quite literally the last person on the planet who should be taking hallucinogens. Absolutely. Considering what she's just gone through. Yeah. And but again, like literally, she's like her boyfriend so sucks and his it. friends suck. Oh my God. She's so, she like doesn't want to offend the person who like the host who offers it to, the, to her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh no, like it's fine. So of course, immediately she starts hallucinating about her dead sister. Right. Because that's what happens. Horrible. But I will say like, this is some of the, like the, best special effects work like it hits a special effects sweet spot because we get to see a lot of trips in this movie Mm -hmm. and they're like extremely subtle and they come in like waves they're very subtle i like the i don't there's a small degree of cgi in this movie but it is but it's done so well well done because it's like so well it's environmental essentially it's not like the main thing you're looking at it's just if your eye happens to like skirt to a different part of the screen you'll see like plants moving on their own or like things happening that are obviously aren't possible. And it's because they're all like in this big communal trip. And like, it just reminds you of that in a very, very subtle, almost subliminal kind of way. It was very well done. And it, it adds an element of horror that I haven't seen done that way. Like whenever she's, whenever she realizes she's having a bad trip and she's trying to walk away and like that group of people start laughing at her. Mm hmm. And then she goes over to that guy and he's like, hey, like, are you okay? And like, you can tell like that's actually happening. He's like, hey, you okay? No, it's fine. You want to come meet my friends? And he smiles. But his smile is too wide. Yeah. Like, and you're like, oh, God. Like, it just, it freaked me out. It Mm -hmm. freaked me out. Yeah. So there's a whole lot in this movie. So like, basically, they move in. The the commune people are the nicest, most so nice. welcoming people you've ever met. They all have like... Everyone's these, beautiful. They're gorgeous. They have these oh God, wonderful so like handmade um, schmucks that are like embroidered with runes flowers. and flowers. And so much flowers. It's, it's, it's a really beautiful place. And the thing about this movie that I think is particularly well done, which I think Ari Aster was very, very smart to do and very intentional in doing was that that sense of beauty and calmness never goes away even when it should like Like, even when i'm freaked out i'm still like wow this is really pretty yeah like it never drops he never skips a beat on that and he never like converts to oh we're having a scary moment let's make it dark or let's make it well there's like a single moment where he does that when she's having like a nightmare but it's super short-lived yeah, but other than that, he literally can't make it dark because it's the summer solstice right, in exa- Sweden. Exactly. <laughs> like he couldn't like if he tried. Nighttime is very short-lived. <laughs> it's so like 30 like, minutes. And that's the creepy thing about the movie is this juxtaposition between you're still seeing this gorgeous summer facade even while you're watching yes. all of these terrible things start yes. to happen. And everyone's just so fucking blasé about everything that's happening. And you're just like... At some point in the movie, you're like, am I the crazy one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So she gets off this mushroom trip. Her boyfriend does not take care of her. And now it's, it's been time. her birthday, by the way. 
Oh, this I whole forgot. Goddamn it's, time. it's her birthday. As Let's just add that on to it. Could shit on her even more. Ari it's Aster, like, oh, and then they broke up birthday. on his birthday. Like, I almost guarantee it. <laughs> they had to have. They totally had to have. She probably took the dog or something. Yeah. He's, he's angry right in this movie. So she's, again, trying to be a sweet, polite guest, despite the fact that her life is horrible right now. And she has right. no, no allies other than, I guess, kind of Pele, who's the guy who invited him. Mm-hmm. invited her and so they go and they're they're taking part in this weird ritual thing that they don't quite know what's happening it's these two older people they're sitting down for like dinner and they're just kind of going through the motions of this ritualistic dinner ceremony they follow everybody up the elders go up this cliff top and you figure out what's going to happen like you know what's going to happen eventually like i mean at first i did they start going up there i'm like oh they're going to jump yeah, immediately. Like, as soon as they start And then I see up, the guy like, with the big hammer. I'm like, oh, that's in the case they mallet. I know. But, like, and you can... <laughs> and you, that's the point. Like, the character... You can see... And that's why this movie is so well acted. You can see them figuring that out. Yeah. And there's it, nothing they can do. Like, they're like... like they're uh, figuring it out at the same rate and, like, at the same time that, that you are. And you're like, it out. wait no. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, this this was probably one of the... Like, the second most horrifying part of the movie... So the two commune elders who are 72 in this movie, that's the time when they march them up the hill. They jump off the clifftop. The female dies horribly. But she does it the right way. Let's be super real. She like, goes head first. Yep. Yeah. So the male elder doesn't. Well, he, like, well how and you is can, he you supposed to? You can see the way that he jumps. He jumps the way that you I would jump way into a pool from like a low diving board. And... The second oh, you awful. watch him fall in a straight line and you instantly know how it's going to result. Like I watched him fall. I'm like, legs. oh, his legs. He's going to live. And I'm like, it's that's awful. what the mallet's for. Of course, that's what the mallet's for. Like I said for. all of these things out loud while watching it. I'm like, oh, great. We'll see the mallet in action. That's nice. Well, I couldn't. I had to sit there in horror surrounded by strangers who are equally horrified and just watch this happen. Well, I, I, di- I will say I did not expect the mallet to be used by four people in succession. Like, they really wanted to make sure they that... They got the job done. <laughs> so, you guys know what's happening next. He he survives the fall. He's His legs are horribly mangled. He And this is... Like, they make it creepy. They, like, that's, this doesn't even sound like it's creepy. But then he starts wailing, like, screaming. And every all of the cult members are, like, wailing with him. It's like that scene from... Have you seen... Uh, what's it called? Probably not. Silence of the Lambs. Obviously not. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, there's a scene where like there's a a victim and she's like screaming and her like the antagonist just like screams back at her. Mm-hmm. Well, like it, it, crying. And they they do this multiple times in the movie in different contexts where if someone yes, is they do. if one of their ranks is feeling pain, they all try to like take on that pain and like emote this at the same way that they are, which is like I don't know if it's like it's like oh it's empathy but I also hate it right because <laughs> they're like it's empathy but please stop they're like oh they're feeling it but they still establish the social tradition where people like kill themselves by jumping off of a cliff and if they don't nice. make it then we're just gonna crush their head with a mallet yes. and if you guys haven't seen this movie they crush his head with a mallet like for sure like, like you see, you it. see it. it and I I got to watch obviously I'm like super into the special effects side of things so I went and I looked up how they made this scene because it is so realistic. Mm-hmm. It is too realistic for my comfort, frankly. And so they have this. This was all um, filmed in Budapest. So they got this 
Hungarian makeup artist who studied under Dick Smith, who's kind of a makeup legend. He's kind of a big deal. He did The Mm -hmm. Exorcist. We've Mm -hmm. seen that. And um, so he, there are in in total 12 brutal deaths in this movie, and he does all of them. And so for this scene, they made, this, this part's really typical. They made like a silicone rubber mold of the actor with all like the typical dressings of like Mm -hmm. fake hair, blood, blah, blah, blah. And then the elder who had survived the fall was more or less standing at a big hole that they dug. Like up oh, to his neck. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then they laid the dummy body on top of him with all the mangled limbs and stuff, which is pretty boilerplate stuff, but mm-hmm. it's really cool. But the head is the really cool part. So like we talked about in The Thing, what they did in The Thing in the 80s is they made, they would make a fake whatever and they would fill it with gross stuff and they would smash it and explode. Yeah. But but they wanted to have be able to do multiple takes here, and that would have been very expensive. And Ari Aster's has like a set allowance, so yes. he's like, instead, I, I do only have ten million guys. Like <laughs> no, that like, is it. <laughs> That's it. So instead of doing that, where they like fill a fake rubber head with a bunch of guts and stuff, they he this guy, his name again, Ivan Pahornok, he made this fake head that collapsed on itself. Like oh, using pneumatic cylinders. Like, have you ever, like, think American Werewolf in London. You know that transformation yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. scene where his face, it's like that, but like reverse. Oh, interesting. So like it, it, they would have a remote and it would collapse on itself and then they could press another button and it would like unsmush itself and become a regular face again. Oh, that's fascinating. It's really cool. Like, I haven't seen anything like that ever. It's supremely neat. Like, I really, really liked it. Oh, that's really And you can look up photos of this head. I was going to post it on Instagram, but I didn't want to get flagged, but... It's really neat. Y'all should look it up. And oh, I, might wow. I didn't. I didn't even think really to like look up the special effects of this movie because I just wasn't focusing on that. I was caught up in well, the, obviously the, I was everything else, right? <laughs> but so everyone watching it is experiencing like a different stage of the like the overcoming grief thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the anthropology students There's a lot are like, more acceptance than I like. Yeah, the anthropology students, Christian and what's his name. Gotta hate him. Josh or something. They're like, whatever. Well, that's terrifying, but you know, it's it's who they are. It's and we, their culture. What are you gonna do? Danny's like, uh, the fuck, but she like is also having trouble processing it. And she see there's a glimmer. Yeah, there's she's like had a glimpse where you see her parents' dead bodies next to the stone instead of the old people, and mm-hmm. it's just like it's very poignant for her. So she's having a panic attack. She needs to go home. And then the the two London characters, who we never really flesh out, but that's fine. Um, they're done. They're, <laughs> they're so oh, done. That was it. They're the only people reacting in a very normal kind of way. Um, but it gives one of the, the female elders of the commune to explain what was happening and how, you know, once you reach no, a certain no, it's age, okay. it's like an honorable thing. And she's like, I'm going to be like, I, it'll be an honor for me to do this. You know, when I reach that age, like this is how we remove ourselves from life with dignity instead of, you know, dying and becoming a burden and like dying a uh, like a slow, horrible kind of way, which is almost understandable. Mm. And the way Mm -hmm. she explains it Mm -hmm. is like, hmm, I see where you're coming from. The jumping off the cliff part, though, Mm -hmm. and then the mallet. Mm -hmm. The mallet kind of takes that away (laughs) from me. There's not much dignity by mallet death. No. For me, but that's my culture. But that's, yeah, that's that's mm. us. And so then the old but, people get cremated in an open fire, which would never literally ever get hot enough to incinerate a human no, body. That's not it how that works. That's, ugh, we don't it, care. We don't have it's to go. Fine. And then they shovel their ashes into this dead tree on the side of the commune. So like 
you can see how like there's a whole circle of life associated with this small community. And you, you can't help but start asking yourself questions like, hmm, how do they make more people? <laughs> without, has, has, did, your, did your mom not tell you about that, Chris? But like without incest. And don't worry. Oh, don't worry. There's we'll incest. get there. <laughs> <laughs> Fear not, dear listener. But I do want to say bef- that after this. There. So there's another ceremony that they cut from the movie sort of after this one that they cut from the movie and it takes place at night, which is interesting because like none of the like ceremonies that we actually see in the movie take place at night. Like I said, he very, he does very, night very is little like 15 at night. minutes. Right. So there is a ceremony that they cut, which is where they put weight. Like they have this whole thing where they throw a tree into the river to appease the goddess of the earth or whatever. And then they're like, oh, the goddess of the earth is still hungry. And they have this whole play about it. And then there's a little boy dressed up as a tree. And they're like, oh, oh well, just, he's like, I'll do it. And then so they put weights on his ankles and then put a rock on his chest and kill him. Well, they almost throw him into the river. And Danny's like, uh, what the fuck before they manage to do it. And then everyone gets upset and then they don't kill the kid. Whatever. I, I guess they had never an, any intention of killing the little boy or something. But then there's a, like a sort of adjunct scene after that where Danny and Christian have a fight. And I, I did read about and that. And I'm so upset actually that they cut this scene be- for one very important reason. One, like because so... Hereditary? No, because Danny, the entire movie is sort of like a helpless lamb being led to the slaughter she just had this horrible trauma she's never really thinking clearly she just sort of goes with the flow like she's not happy with what's happening but she doesn't do a whole lot to like stop it and like her transformation into into like having a stockholm syndrome about it isn't fast but it like she puts up very little resistance to what's going on i feel because she's perfectly set up emotionally and psychologically like she's already been broken down so much and then yeah. they pump her full of drugs and then you know that's how they get you but this scene she fights with christian because she's like this is terrible do you not see what they're doing here we need to go and it's a, like it's this brief moment of pure lucid energy from clarity her. yeah and she's like this is not okay like we shouldn't be just like passively be watching these things. Like this is clearly darker than, than they play it off to be. And Christian's like, no, this is just their culture and whatever. Like, you know, I'm writing my thesis about this. And she's like, what the fuck? You've literally never had a thesis <laughs> plan in your life. And he's the worst. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but like, whatever I like, I'm going to steal my friend's thesis. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to do this. Such a judgy bitch. And she makes such a strong argument in the scene where she's like, they, they, depend on people never hearing about this she's like they are never going to let you just publish this like this is not going to end well for us there is no way it could end well for us they're not just inviting these outsiders in to watch this terrible thing and then go back and expect that we're not going to like tell people that they're murdering people and shit and yeah she's smart she's so smart smart. and i'm upset that they smarter than them and i'm upset that they cut the scene because it's the only scene where she like demonstrates that really I guess so I feel you and I wanted to see this scene because I was reading about it and Ari Aster's is like very very like he's really sad that he lost this scene and he 
made a parallel that made me really wish it was in it, which was he was talking about the, and I won't spoil Hereditary for anyone, but he's talking about the dinner table scene mm-hmm. with Tony Collette mm-hmm. in Hereditary. And he's like, it was, which is a pivotal scene in the movie. And he's like, it was like I had lost that. And like, I had to get rid of it. And I, you know, he was just really upset about it. At the same time, you watch this at home where you could pause it. And I held my pee for two and a half hours. <laughs> so I'm okay time with it. Time was an issue, I guess. yeah like it's a long movie it is a long movie i don't know i just i agree with him though like i think this that scene was so pivotal and it was the marking it was the it was the turning point between christian is fully in and fully like under the illusion that this is an okay thing to do and then it's her last attempt to like try to break free from it and try to break i would have liked to have seen it too but we we kind of picked those up on our own anyway but i, I do. do wish i had seen it yeah i do wish i'd seen it anyway so simon and connie is the names of the two english visitors they're done they pack their things and questionably they're leave. ready to go <laughs> yeah so like it's it's super this is when we're like no this is bad and because one of them comes out and is like hey like where is what's his name my partner yeah, yeah what's his name and they're like he just left for the train station without her without you and she's like, that, no, he wouldn't have done and that. none of us believe that for a second. No, especially not her. And then she like runs off. She's like, I don't care. Like, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And then w- later we get to hear a woman screaming in the woods. Wonder who that could be. Who could it be? So who could it be? So now we have um, Christian, the, the douchebag, who then also decides he's going to do his thesis on this little commune. Right, because he Josh is already doing Josh it. Josh that. Yeah, what the hell? So he tells Josh that and just expects Josh to be cool with it. Mm-hmm. Which obviously mm. he's not. Like he's he's like, we came here because I was doing this, you fucker. <laughs> yeah, it's super super crappy. And all the while, and I would like nothing. All of nothing the major more. scenes, all of the like conflict type scenes and the horrible rituals and things are split up by like these moments of them sitting in the grass and like little girls dancing around in white like collecting flowers and all that kind of thing and there's so many little clues here so like there's a part where the camera like skirts over this painting of a girl cutting her pubes and dripping blood into a cup and then feeding it to a boy and you're like hmm i assume that's gonna happen later it does it does oh it does it does and then there's a scene where all the girls are running around in a chain and they're like oh what game are they what game are they playing and they're like oh they're playing skin the fool and i'm like well that's gonna fucking happen it does <laughs> it does happen <laughs> yes it does and that's what i mean by like there's so much foreshadowing that like nothing that happens is i think unpredictable but that's the but like that, it's all about but that's what fake you, it just makes you uneasy earlier you know mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of Skin the Fool, we get to yes. whatever his name. Mark. Mark. That's his name. So Mark is uh, Will Poulter's character. He's just like a bumbling idiot. He he's there no for, the, respect for the babes. For, these, for the babes. That's why he's here. And he has no respect for these traditions at all, which is it's He pees on the elder him. tree. Oh, God. He pees on the ancestral tree. He, and he doesn't get it. Like, I can't understand how he doesn't ashes. get it. Oh, my God. It has the fresh ashes of the elders that were killed yesterday. And he's st- and like, they're like, what the hell? No. And he's like pissed off at them for getting mad. Yeah. And so, you know, he's like, the he, next to like. Get well, immediately, like a sexy babe comes over and is like, come follow me to the woods. And he's like, well, he all right. From. So he's, he's the fool. He's an idiot. He's the fool. 
Anyway, then we have, yeah, he's the full. Then we have Josh, who is the guy who actually had a thesis. And he wants to go to, like, this temple that's, like, on the outskirts of the commune. Because there's, like, a book there he wants to read about. But he, the the cult leader was like, no, you can't take photos of, he wanted to take a photo of it for his thesis. And they're like, no. So, obviously, he sneaks in and disrespects them and sneaks into the sacred little temple and photographs the book of all the runes and stuff. And then he sees he gets whacked the scariest thing he gets whacked but first he sees like a naked man wearing a face mask of mark the fool and it's <laughs> it is his skin the fool was skinned it's his the fool was skinned and then he gets bashed in the head with a mallet and dragged out the temple right so two down two well, down. if you don't count the english people well and i don't know down. why he thought he would get away with that because the, that temple is literally just a library where they keep all their sacred books. And in there is this deformed young boy who is the prophet of the community. And he writes he's like the, the new additions to, to their sacred texts via painting. So he paints random paintings and then they interpret it and write it down in their text. And he's the product of incest, like deliberate incest. A lot of incest. And that gives him clarity Power. or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, sleeping it's in there science, all the time. Chris. He's just sleeping in that room. And he's like, oh, I'll just go there. It's just hubris, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, gets, they're dead. You know, his his <laughs> foot gets planted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. His foot's like sticking out of a garden bed later. Yeah. And we're all like, that's so, fine. Anyway, meanwhile, everyone's getting Danny to drink more mushroom tea. Mm-hmm. And so she enters the maypole dancing competition high as a kite. Yep. She manages to win the competition by being the last woman standing to not fall down from exhaustion or from getting hit or whatever. Right. And so she is crowned the May Queen. Isn't that Isn't great? that lovely? And you're like, well, mm. that can't be good. Mm-mm. And now we have Christian, who's the last remaining anthropologist. He This part is really sad. Like, I feel really sad for Christian. The only time. So he gets drugged. I mean, they're all very drugged. Tea. <laughs> yes, but he gets super drugged. And the redheaded girl who had been putting her pubes in his meals. And giving him her her menstrual blood. Like there's that one scene where they're yeah. all sitting at dinner or lunch or whatever. And he's eating the pubic pie. The but pu- then you pie. can tell that his glass of juice is like several it's shades darker than everyone else's. Yeah. Like it's not subtle that he's drinking like No, they more blood. or less tell you. <laughs> yeah, they essentially blood. tell you. Which they had shown us with very graphic cave paintings from the ancestral oracle. Right. This movie's fucked up. Oh, yeah. This movie's fucked up. So he gets drugged, and this girl who's had, like, a huge crush on her, who I swear has to be, like, 16. She ain't old. She, she's not old. Well, I and think she, they explain it. Like, this is her, like, first. Like, she's of age. Like, she's she gets to have kids now. They associate gross. it to some degree with her, like, coming into, like, full puberty or something. That's gross. So she lures him to the sex cave, which is the the little yellow thing on the side of the field. Is it there? I thought it was in the temple. It's in the temple. I thought that was the temple. Yeah, on the no, side no, no. Of the There's field. the temple with all the books. The the we never go into the yellow triangle building until the very end. I thought that's where he was. Mm-mm. No, he was in the building with the books. It's okay, full m- disclosure, I did not rewatch this movie. Oh. Once was plenty. I did not w- rewatch it either, but I'm very certain about that. It doesn't super matter. So, 
It doesn't matter. He's somewhere. And he's drugged and he walks into this room and she's on the floor surrounded by, you guessed it, flowers, naked. And there's a bunch of other naked women of varying ages and body types all circled around her. Mm -hmm. Like chanting is like like, like her little cheerleaders and it's horribly uncomfortable. And granted he's high as a kite, but he just goes along with it. He's like, all right, I'll fuck her. He's drugged like... He gets a pass. Like, he is literally on a different planet right now. He really is. He's on a different planet. And so then this is an experience I got to share with strangers next to me at the movie theater. He then begins to have graphic sex with her. And all the women get closer like, and they're breathing and, and like, chanting chant. with them. And one of the women, like, grabs his ass and, like, pushes him into her. Pushes him. And it's all very... And he's like... Okay, I guess this is happening. Yeah, he's like, I guess this is going Which, on. frankly, is probably the safest choice for him at that point. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine if he stopped? <laughs> Absolutely not. They would kill him. So she, uh, the, he finishes or whatever, and she they, like, hold the girl up to, like, keep her legs in the air so she can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Help that Ugh. sperm run uphill. That's so gross. And then, meanwhile, Danny hears noises while she's high as a kite she's the main yeah, she's been doing she her may queen with a- rituals which are all very benign burying some grain like she eats a fish <laughs> like bury some grain. oh she can speak swedish like, now fluently that's what the drugs have done to her <laughs> she's probably just babbling and so are they <laughs> i don't know <laughs> who knows but she goes through the peephole and she sees christian like doing the- his own ritual in yep. there with the red-headed teenager she has a full-on panic attack she rushes to like the bedroom dorm area mm-hmm. and this is where we have the other moment where she's like scream wailing and all the other like swedish women come and like hold her and they start doing that creepy wail with her mm-hmm. and this is without a doubt where her stockholm syndrome is solidified because throughout this entire movie like her expressing of any kind of emotion or feeling pain or anguish or being vocal about what's happened to her is always met with resistance. It's always met with shame. And then these yes. women actually have what can only be described as a g- very genuine and beautiful like camaraderie with her where they're like, you know what, if you want to scream, scream and we will scream with you. And you're almost like, this is beautiful if it weren't super Almost. Fucked up. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so like, I don't know, in that moment, you're like, this... C- this community does have like a very strong sense of oneness, even though you can't condone everything they do. You can see <laughs> how each of them is oh, like, yeah. you can understand how they bought, how they drank the Kool-Aid, right? If, oh, like, a if you grew percent. up in that, like you get If you it. grew up there, there'd be no getting out. Yeah. Well, except for make they sense. let you go on your rumspringa or whatever to like bring back new meat like yeah. Pele did. Yeah, but they come back, don't they? Which I think is the singular plot hole in this movie. At some point, one of them had to like go to the real world and be like, hmm, my family does some fucked up shit and doesn't go back. Who's going to believe them? It wouldn't be that hard. All you have to do is also tell like the, the right people and then like, someone would find out. I just think it's unrealistic that a community like this could exist if they were sending people out in the real world, especially like to go bring people back to them and all that kind of stuff. Like I just think I find it unrealistic a, that one of them wouldn't decide not to go back home and B that people wouldn't be like, Oh, my family went to my son went to Sweden and like no one's looking for them. I'd buy it. All right. (laughs) 
I, I, I buy it. I drink that Kool-Aid. Because, like, even just think about that deleted scene where that little boy was like, yeah, drown me. Yeah, no, I, I agree that the Kool-Aid they drink the is river's strong. Hungry. I just think, like, over the years, eventually one of them would have to be like, hmm. I don't know. I watch their blank faces as their family members jump off of cliffs, and I'm like, hmm. They're built different. Also, half of them are products of incest, Fair probably. Point. So, like... Fair point. Moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> Christian's kind of coming to and realizing what just happened. Interesting choice of words. Ew. Okay. <laughs> and so he he runs out fully naked and finds... Yeah, he like, he just, he's like, leg. oh my God, did I do that? <laughs> well, he just runs, which I think is a fair reaction. Yeah, he, like, he breaks out of his high, essentially. A little bit. And he runs and he finds Josh's legs sticking out of the ground. He finds, oh my God, he finds um, one of the English people. He walks into that shed mm-hmm. thing. And one of the English people, the guy who they're like, oh, he left for his train already. Yeah. He's literally been carved up as some sort of like flesh origami and pinned out like a butterfly off the ground. Yeah. So he's so this is actually based on a type of um, Viking torture. Um, it's called the blood eagle or something like that, which is essentially where yes, they, they carved that. you from the from behind and they pulled your organs out. Um, and so he's like sort of like God. dangling there with his organs like shooting out of his back. And interestingly enough, he's his lungs alive. are there and he's breathing, which I'm sure you Kate knows is not possible. <laughs> They can't. Literally yeah, could not you happen. Need negative, <laughs> you need negative pressure. Yeah, lungs cannot so like, inflate. Like he could, he literally could not breathe. Like the physics make that impossible. So if like whenever you hear about people who have collapsed lungs, a lot of times it's because their chest cavity has been penetrated. And so the negative pressure that helps their lungs like inflate and deflate normally is gone. And so they just collapse. Right. So if they, if they have like carved into his thora- thoracic cavity entirely and pulled his lungs out... He definitely could not they breathe, and he would zero zero percent chance of being alive at this point. So, like, fear not. That part is wildly unrealistic. However, effective. oh, but it's so cool! <laughs> it's such a good visual. I love yeah. it. That was like one of my favorite gory kills. I really did like that one. Also, because I'm not that upset because I don't know Simon, like, or whatever his name is. We we're never like attached to him by any, by any means. No. But then someone like comes up behind him and blows some dust in his face, and he's paralyzed for the rest he's down. of the movie. Christian is down. Yes. So, but another f- important form of foreshadowing for him is that previously, when he was visiting, like the w- like one of the elders or whatever, he like stares at. Do a, you mean Christian? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, part. he stares at a mural for a hot minute of a of a bear being burned in the fire, and we saw a bear like very very early when they got there. Yeah, there's just a bear in a cage, yeah. and and that's wildly that's relevant it. to him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the movie, we see a bear in the cage just hanging out. And then kind of midway through the movie, we see a group of people doing like a necropsy autopsy on a bear, like pulling its organs out. I I, I will say I didn't like this scene. Oh, my God. Because it was the least realistic of them. Like I felt like they actually did a decent job of the disgusting man with like the, the organs popping out of his back. But this bear looked so fake. I don't think he looked I like I think the bear looked really, really fake. Like soup like his face was all rubbery and like you could tell that he was just like a standard taxidermy bear. And then the organs and like the layout that they had inside of him was just so 
unbelievable to me. It's the it's the only special effects that I found like unconvincing. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's not very realistic. I'll okay, I'll give you it's that. Not, it's not very good, but like it's not but it's very not very good. long and they did other things really well, so I you know, I can get over it. I'm fine with it. Like there's a liver in there. They tried. <laughs> they tried. His his like ribs just <laughs> look like they're it. made of plastic and they don't look I mean it doesn't look great. look great, but that's not why we're watching this movie. Like this yeah. is not the horror element that they're trying to give us. No. The horror element is that you they they put Christian in the bear. He's paralyzed. He is fully paralyzed. They, yeah. <laughs> so we reach the final ceremony of Midsummer, which is so the incest oracle child is sitting on a cloud of cotton. The elders are all gathered in a circle. Um, the May Queen, Danny, is in a full flower suit now. I'm actually very all confused May, about May, this May suit. Queen. I don't really understand it. I think it, I imagine it's just like this mesh cage on her covered in flowers. It is. They had to hand weave that like God, IRL. it must have taken so long. It took so long and they would have to like, like they had to make this mesh underlining underneath it to hold it off of her shoulders because it was so heavy. That is why I think this movie, I expected it to cost more because the amount of detail yes. into that kind of stuff, like the, the costume designer, it's beautiful. like she's, oh, she's like, this is the biggest challenge of my entire life. Every single chorus member in this movie had personalized outfits that were hand painted with like like different like runes and things that meant things like there was significance to all of them. The, the main cabin where they all sleep, where every wall is painted in those like, like medieval style, like very foreshadow heavy murals, like the amount of work that went into building this set and putting all those details in, like I have no idea how this didn't cost. Oh, it's crazy. So much money. Like it was just a passion project, I guess for these truly, truly. Mm hmm. So we get to the final ceremony. We have Danny. She's just completely faded. She's just She's like not really there. She's 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 done. Like she's so done. And she's seen all that she can see in one lifetime. And she's in her huge crown and her flower suit. Mm-hmm. And we've every everyone in the commune is there and they 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 explain to them, the cult explains to her and to Christian. They're still being really courteous to the paralyzed bear Christian. Mm-hmm. Because they're so freaking polite. And they don't know if he'll and live they explain, or not. They don't know. No, they don't know. And they, they explain, okay, to purge the commune of its evil, we have to have nine human sacrifices that must be offered. Mm-hmm. And this is an important point. So midsummer for this community happens every, you know, June or whatever. But this part only happens every 90 so years. Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of a big deal. It's kind of huge. Yeah. And so... They explained to them, okay, we have to have nine sacrifices. The first four have to be outsiders. Done. We got the fool. We got the thesis guy. And we got the two Brits mm-hmm. who were obviously lured to the commune by Pele and, and his brother who brought the British people. Right. And then the next four were the two sacrifice elders and then two volunteers like from the cult. Right. And they, and they that's exactly what they, and they, oh my God, they get the worst end of the stick. Well, the volunteers. no, Londoner, the boy Londoner gets the worst stick where he's... He, his was worse. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. But so like, so but they two people got... walk forward. They're like, go ahead, burn us alive. We're ready. Well, it's Pele's brother who's one of them. Oh, I didn't, re- I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's Ingemar who's Pele's brother who brought the British people. And Pele is like so proud of him. He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because their it. parents like, did it, right? 
And he and he yes. mentions that way early. Is like, oh, my parents died in a fire, and you're meant to interpret that as, oh, they died in a tragic fire. No, oh, that's so. They sad. were willing sacrifices. They climbed into the fire. Yes. Yeah. So not quite the same as what Danny's going Which through. Which doesn't but make sense if not it better happens either. only every 90 years because there's no way his parents could have been part of that. But anyways, we don't have to talk about it. Mm. We don't have to talk about it. I'm sure I'm sure there's another. Maybe they just do another one every like 20 years. Yeah, they get bored. <laughs> so they, they climb in and they're super honored. They, they go into this huge like straw building that has been formed. Well, this is the, this is the, the bodies... yellow temple that like we're not allowed. Yes, in the, the yellow. Room. That's right. That's right. The yellow temple. And they go and they go inside, and inside of it are the the bodies of the like the fools in there with his face put back on. I mm-hmm. think um, Josh is kind of in there. Like all the bodies are in there, and then like these two volunteers climb in, all smiles. Mm-hmm. And then that so that's eight of the volunteers. And then we have the May Queen, Danny, who gets to choose the ninth victim. And she gets she and just she, she can pick whoever she wants, anyone. I guess you know who she is. And there's picks. this very long moment where she's like, Ugh. her and Christian are just exchanging glances. He's paralyzed from the neck down. She's sitting there just sobbing in her flower suit. And you, they both realize at the same time what she has he's, to do. He's done. Because he cheated on her. What she has to do. She has okay. to do it. <laughs> I mean, oh okay. it, don't blame me. This is Ari Aster's argument. She had no choice. <laughs> Burn. Is that what he said? Well, I mean, it's a breakup movie, Kate. He, like, he's like, this oh movie is about God. a breakup, and she yeah, burns yeah, him alive sure. at the end. That's how it ends. <laughs> like, that mm-hmm. is how it works. Mm-hmm. So he gets put in the bear suit, like a literal bear that's carved out. He's been in the bear suit while he was. No, he wasn't. He was just like paralyzed, in a, no, right? He was, oh, he was in like a yeah, wheelchair. He was like in thing. a little wagon, like a little thing. So he gets put in the bear suit, and then he gets put in the middle of this place, and the the people with like the little. Um, masks come in and they set the place on fire and so then the two volunteers are given a drink one of them is made to experience no pain and the other one drinks a drink that like takes away the fear so the one who can't it's like a drink and then like a weird swab of honey or yeah something. but like i do like they do expre- expressly say to one of them like you feel no pain and the other one feel no fear and the one that feels no pain yes. is like screaming the entire time but it, he evidently can't feel anything and then the other one can feel everything but doesn't make a peep and then christian's in the middle in a bear suit burning alive completely paralyzed oh he feels it he all feels day. everything right and like and we get to watch them burn and it's horrible. and everyone on the outside they're singing a song and then when they hear the two when they hear the one guy scream they all start screaming scream with him. Danny's screaming and she's doing her thing and then she looks back at the building and she sees it burning and then she just starts smiling oh my god and that's the movie that's the movie and there oh my, uh. there's just so many small details like even the way they set the fire is in the shape of a rune and it's sort of like this, like, it looks like a fish, kind of. I didn't know. Yeah, and the that. rune of that fire is the symbol for change, right? And it's the same symbol that their table is organized in every time they have, like, like lunch together. Yeah, <laughs> lunch. <You> know, <laughs> a quiet whenever they're lunch eating pubes. pubes and blood. <laughs> like, there's so many runes, and each character has a different rune on their clothes, and each one means a different thing. I won't go into it, but I recommend reading in, like, reading into this. Like, it is an actual runic language. Um, at one point in the movie, they call it Younger and Elder Futhark. That is real. 
like that is an actual like runic language from you know viking and nordic culture um Mm -hmm. and it was like the the attention to detail to all of that was like oh it's outstanding truly remarkable and one could even argue unnecessary but i think that's what makes this movie so immersive and almost almost believable you know it it was believable to me and it was immersive to me. Not believable in the sense that I think that Swedish people are murdering like American Jesus journalists. Like, Got it. <laughs> yes, apparently. But like to me, like when I was sitting there in that theater having this horrible shared experience with people, I was like there. Mm-hmm. And whenever they were lighting whenever she chose to light that bear on fire, I was I was sitting, I was like one of the town's people. Like, it was freaky. So can I um, make a... What is your opinion? Can I make a... I just, I, I think you liked it. Um. You didn't like this movie? I did, okay. I have such hard feelings about this movie and I don't know what they are. So you just have feelings. This movie really upset me. Be- because of like the the family dismantlement, I'm, like the the family part did the ending where it's like this is her family now, right? Because like that's what that's what that's the imp- the implication, right? Is like her family's dead. These are yes. her new family. This is her family, and it's a family that she ch- like. It just upset me. Like, there's no silver lining. There, nothing good came out of this, and it's gonna happen again. That's the worst awful. part, right? Knowing that oh, she's part of it now, and she's just gonna like do all of this like to more people I thought it upset me Nick and I like I could like truly and I watched this movie months ago like six months ago Mm -hmm. and I couldn't bring myself to rewatch it for this podcast oh god I could I couldn't do it like it just bothered me deeply but I appreciate it so much I think it's miles ahead of most movies let alone horror movies i think it was brilliantly done i think it was beautifully acted the scenery was fantastic Mm -hmm. the writing was brilliant the characters were believable and i had strong opinions for all of them like i loved them or i hated Mm -hmm. them or i was afraid Mm -hmm. of them so i liked uh, it's hard for me to say that but i i did like this movie did you think it was scary i've never said that to someone yes horribly scary it didn't scare you at all i was not afraid of this movie like I wow. I don't remember a single moment in this movie feeling scared. I remember lots of m- moments in this movie feeling uncomfortable and like a sense of unease. But it, all other things aside, aside from m- brief moments of gore, I'm not even sure I would have classified this movie as a horror if you had not told me it was. That's shocking. I'm sure it is because <laughs> I'm That's I'm almost really surprised saying it myself. Like, yeah, I, I did not. I thought I was going to walk away from this movie feeling more like devastated and have a bigger cloud over me. But super honestly, I got over like the negative feeling of this movie fairly quickly, which, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that's a terrifying and horrible omen for who mm-hmm. I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is very revealing. I just think like. So like, these aren't the kinds of things that scare me. I'm scared by like super cliche shit, like jump scares and monsters eating people's faces and all that kind of stuff. Like that's fine. Like, though. Cerebral that's horror great. doesn't scare me the same way. And like this, that for me is the biggest difference between this and hereditary is that hereditary has a lot of that, like cerebral imagery, like all of that kind of stuff. But then I think hereditary has moments of genuine 
horror in a more classical kind of way like demons and like you know women crawling around on ceilings and it has it has more of a supernatural element than like if if humans really put their mind to it they could make this movie happen oh you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like they they, could do it if we wanted to i know just a, a little bit of drugs but to make you can't make hereditary happen like that's got a huge super uh, well spoiler alert it's got a supernatural mm. element to it sorry guys yeah. so like I, I don't know i guess this, this isn't this just isn't the type of movie that scares me it's not the type of horror that scares me that said of our entire list that i'm looking at this one upset me the most well and that said i agree with everything else that you said about this movie like the way that it was filmed was impeccable the writing was so attention to detail. Like I think out of all the movies we've done, this one had the most clear objectives. It was the most, it felt the most deliberate. It felt the most um, put together. It felt the most immersive and realistic. Like I think that all the things that make a movie good to me, like regardless of genre, this movie did very well. I will not say I was not upset by this movie and I will not say I was not disturbed by this movie because obviously I absolutely was. Yeah, that would disturb me if you And I also agree with you. I think the murder-suicide at the beginning was easily the worst part. Uh, Yes, it was the worst. I have to ask. Yes. If you were the May Queen, would you have killed Christian? Um... So what a what a hot seat to be in, holy shit! <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, no doubt. Okay. Because like, what are your al- what are your alternatives, right? Kill like not killing Christian. But, like, she had to kill someone, right? Like, they weren't going to let her get away with not killing someone, I imagine, because they had to appease the gods, right? Like, and I I think they probably mm-hmm. would have just killed her if need be. Like, they needed that ninth mm-hmm. sacrifice, or honestly, they just would have picked Christian for her. <laughs> But like her, yeah. I mean, if she had picked, her alternatives were to pick a stranger from this community that she didn't know, and she clearly has no choice but to stay with these people at this point. And so, like, there would just be like that thing where she let her like adulterous, terrible boyfriend live, but she killed that random person who like had a family there. And oh, I would have killed Pele. Oh, for bringing you all there. That's a solid yes. rebuttal, actually. Yeah, fuck Pele. <laughs> this yeah, is I was all. To- his I would fault. totally have killed him. It's all his fault. I totally would have killed him. Yeah. And granted, her mind is not as clear as mine is right now. No, so like, I'm not mad at her for it. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I would have killed Pele. Actually. But I'm, I am I wasn't that upset. No, you're right. I didn't even Christian. think about killing Pele, but you're right. He's, fuck Pele. He's the obvious it choice. It was his turn. Yeah. Yes. Go get in that temple with your brother. Yeah. Piece of shit. Okay. So we've got to rank this movie. Okay, so obviously we have to rank it around hereditary. Hereditary, hereditary. Because like, like not like up there with hereditary necessarily. But we have to compare it to hereditary. So hereditary yes. right now is number seven in our scoreboard of Which is 36. fantastic. So hereditary is doing just fine. And if you would remember, Kate, I very much disagreed with hereditary's ranking. You wanted hereditary. I lower. wanted hereditary significantly lower. <laughs> That's right. I wouldn't for let reasons. You that are obvious Sorry. like it scared me unlike this movie so i didn't like That's it because the, do you know what podcast yeah you're i doing? get it kate but like you do realize i you don't more, like movies that was like when one of our first movies me. like that is why i'm here i do <laughs> like, i do and the, this was towards the beginning of our podcast when you were still a little grumpy at me for yeah, I was <laughs> making grumpy you, at you for a lot podcast. of things so 
I I wanted Hereditary lower on this list, and if I had to compare the two of them together, Midsummer e- like easily beats Hereditary for me. <gasps> not oh, for God, me. I knew this was gonna happen. I knew this was right, gonna you know, happen. I, not for me. Hereditary beats Midsummer by for how me. much? But not by okay. much. Not by a ton. So like, would I, you have put this above Scream? nothing good I, scream should be number one scream like, is eight. i'm angry at my list right now <laughs> it should be number one i love scream i would say i am happy to give you a bargaining chip here because you gave me one for hereditary and like it is kind of apples to apples as close as any two movies on this list can be mm-hmm. so if you want it a little bit higher i'll allow it just because i really yanked hereditary higher than you, you really it to did be. I, I wanted that shit I down <laughs> i thought the ending was stupid no spoilers deny. but the ending of hereditary is really dumb <laughs> i think you're dumb all right you know what i'm taking my bargaining chip back oh my god midsummer goes straight to number 37 oh god you didn't hate this movie though you've said far too many good things about this movie okay fine i'll let you <laughs> where do you want to put it god this is a hard one to rank because like i mean i i think i've just said like some of the highest praise i've ever said for a movie we've done um but that said it does not touch the top three for any like like this is not the thing um, I want to move a quiet place. I kind of do too. I don't think a quiet place were deserves we on, three seconds. Were we on mushrooms? Were we? Can in we this move movie? it? I think that we were at, and doing with our mushroom cult watching a quiet. We can we move it down? It bothers me every time I see. I don't it. know. Okay, I, we have a strict no takesies backsies. Ah, uh, but we. How about this, listeners? So if enough times. of you want a quiet place down, like we will, like put yourself in this in this um, voting process, listeners. If three people say that I can move it, then we should move it. Yeah. If, if club members want A Quiet Place down, tell us where you would have put a, a Quiet Place. Because I do think it should be high. But looking at it, it, it doesn't really deserve to be number two. I also don't think Conjuring deserves to be high either, though. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. This, yeah. Our scoreboard. What is our this scoreboard bastardized is list? Perfect and deeply <laughs> flawed. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. Every time I look at it, I'm like, what no. the who made this? I'm offended and we made it. Okay. I if if I had to slot midsummer somewhere, I would put it at like number nine. So above shining. Above the shining below scream. See, and I would have put it above hereditary, but scream would have been higher than <gasps> both of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is trash. We're just digging through the trash and arguing over it. Um, I do think that this movie is leaps and bounds above Hereditary for me. Just on like... You can put it at number six then. How about, or number seven. It can be the new number seven. And so it'll be above Hereditary. I can't let you go above Babadook. I can't let you go above American Werewolf. I don't think I'll I would have put it above put, Hereditary. I don't think I tra- would have put this above Yeah, those. I don't think you would have either. Um, but I don't know. You can have this. I think like, the, that's I fine. I think most people liked Hereditary more. Like... I wouldn't be angry if it was like hereditary midsummer scream. Okay, I'm trying to do you a courtesy and you're just like because throwing I, it in the trash. Do you know why I'm doing this? Because I know that later you're gonna so use you this can fucking use it later. against me. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, what? <laughs> what? I would never. That doesn't sound it like does. me. It does. And that was a perfect character. It doesn't of you. sound like me at all. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it though. Like right, I do generally think this movie is better than hereditary. I'll let it be in the top 10 and I'll be happy with that. 
So go put it where you'd like. Okay, I want it to be uh, number six. I want it to be better than Hereditary. You bastard. <laughs> it was your offer. It can't. It can't. It can't be number six. That's the Babadook. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, number seven. Number seven. Okay. Is that okay? All right. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I mean. I feel gross because this movie makes me feel gross, but... This is such a turn of tables. Like, here you are, like, it shouldn't be ranked high because it upset me. And that's literally my argument every other <laughs> episode. And you're like, oh my God, but the, the artistry of it. And here I am like, but Kate, the nuance. <laughs> <laughs> How the turn tables. How the turn tables. This is a lazy Susan <laughs> if I've ever seen one. I'm okay with this. All right. I'm fine with that. All right, so eh. club members, if you don't know what we're talking let about. Us yeah, let us place, move a quiet please. Let us move a quiet place. What a disaster that was. Um, our scoreboard is on our Tumblr, nightlighthorrormovieclub.tumblr.com under the subsection scoreboard. Look at it. Criticize it. Tell us what, how you would have ranked things. And while you're there, visit our Tumblr. Um, we post gifts and behind the scene things um, about all the different movies that we watch including some movies that we haven't watched and just sort of as teasers for what we what we might do later yeah. it's a very creepy place yes. also if you guys are interested in joining our club um, all you have to do is subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and um, we also have obviously like chris has said a tumblr we have a facebook an instagram a twitter and we do have an email address this is where we got a suggestion for this movie as well as a lot of the movies we've done mm-hmm. in the past our email address is as you might have guessed nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com yes and speaking of our email we got um we got some <laughs> recommendations for I our next movie it. so so oh kate it's God. your turn to pick so we yes and i can't believe this has actually come to fruition oh God. so we made a joke <laughs> months ago Whenever the trailer <laughs> came out, about how horrifying that trailer was. Such a scary. And then we actually had people write in and say, "No, but will you, will you please do the Cats movie, the new one?" And we said last week, "Okay, if one more person contacts us and tells us to do Cats, I'll do Cats as our next episode." So here we are. We had four different people email us. So y'all, we're, we're doing, doing Cats. cats. Oh, oh God. God, what a horrifying episode that's going. This is going to be the scariest episode I yet, I think. I can't wait. Yeah, I was looking forward to like a bit of a respite from what just happened to me this mm-hmm. week. But you know what? I'll power through for the club. See, like, I think. So, yeah. yeah. We can all thank club member Victoria for what what's about to happen because she she was the one with like the lightning fast email. Yeah, almost request. immediately after the last episode. She's like, OK, but cats, though. She's like, cats, cats. Oh, God. So here, here we, we go. go. Oh, this is going to be a disaster. I'm very, very All right. Excited. So join us next time for our gross deviation of theme where we review the <laughs> new completely CGI Cats movie. Jason Derulo is in it. And Rebel Wilson and Taylor Swift. Jason Derulo is in it. And he was so upset because they edited out his bulge. Oh. I Poor cannot Jason. wait for this episode. <laughs> that's what he was upset oh about my God. We're, there's gonna be a as we've said there's gonna be a lot of meat on that bone too oh yeah y'all while we're at tuned. it let's just it's do sonic the hedgehog too. It's the same oh they, they they backed up they they fixed okay, him <laughs> anyway um we'll see you guys next time when we do cats um thank you so much for listening to our very creepy episode of Midsummer. yes thank you so much and we will see you next time for the disaster that will be the next episode <laughs> bye bye Thank you.